Yo, hang on, baby, baby, chill. Hang on. Yo, Doogie, let's hit this off, yo. Yo, check this. Yo, Rob Sutton, hit the button. Ha! Yeah, you know what time is it? You know what time is it? You know what time is it? Check it, check it, check it out, yo. Baby, I'm so hot. I beg your pardon, who's the one with the roughness? Super extra toughness. Grand Poobala. See, I'm the chosen. I keep the snakes frozen. Check out how I'm posing. Girl, it feels good when it goes in. Here's a situation. Supreme motivation. Helps me get the loot. And then I knock the boots. I jump high like Jordan. Flash like Jordan. Bows the bows and shows is probably what I'm sporting. Fuck what you heard. This is what you need to hear. It's the same as last year. So step to the rear. Cause when I was a shorty, couldn't wait to drink my first 40. Find an extra shorty in the hallway and get naughty. Jump on the elevator, hit the lights out. My mom's was a yardy, so my pops kept us out. Ooh, a young boy tipsy, that's without a doubt. It wasn't hard to tell what the pooba was about. Lover ladies, love he used to do with all my leisure. If honey got a problem, go see pooba, he can ease ya. Here I am, and here I stand. Honey, all that good shit, tell me who's the man. From here to Bangkok, cause I'm a John Hancock on the contract. It's like one, two, three, contact. Kicks it on the really, cause I do it on the daily. Straight to the hole, like my man Malik Sally. I hit stunts on the case of smoke blunts. I'm also like because I wear gold fronts. If honey wants to flam, it's nothing to me at all. I'll am always that doogie. It's time to have a ball. I'm a go getter. And I'm out to go get. If you're making movies, cancel that shit. You're still making movies, man. Get your quarter cam. Oops, camcorder. But shit, you know the order. Couldn't get no skins until you got a Benz. Didn't have no friends till you started making ends. I see you daily. Weekly, monthly, yearly. Think you got it going on, really? I never sold jumps to the bums in the slums. Only Rob Devils made a few number runs. Brothers round my way, they like to blabber at the gums. Just jealous cause I got it bothered tons. Hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? Champagne Sharks, this is Trevor chilling out during the coronavirus and quarantine. Quarantine Sharks, go to Twitter at Champagne Sharks, one word, at Champagne Sharks. And follow us there. DMs are open, you can contact us or contact us at champagnesharks at gmail.com most importantly go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks if you go there then you get plenty of access to back episodes you get all the new episodes so you get double the new episodes if you become a patron but you also get access to our huge archive of back episodes so it unlocks about 125 episodes at this time and rising you get, you get to become a part of the voice and chat server at discord uh it's an app and a desktop program you can use to do all types of cool voice and chat stuff and we've been promising to do stuff on that but um one thing that we've been doing is we've been trying to fulfill a lot of our promises that we've been talking about um a lot of the promises that we make but uh it takes a while for us to keep it's not because we forget about it or we're just talking out our butts it's because we do everything ourselves while having day jobs so we oftentimes have trouble figuring stuff out like it took me a really long time to figure out um mailchimp the software and navigate it and figure out how to make a newsletter i've been actively trying the newsletter for like months now and we finally got that up and going so that's another perk that you get with your five dollar a month patreon subscription over at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks you get to get the newsletter which we have two installments already out of the newsletter the newsletter's up and running, and what we do is a lot of things that we find interesting that don't really fit into a particular show topic, but kind of fit into the general vibe of the show, kind of what we're reading or looking about, or looking at now, or things that might directly tie into a show topic or updates about things that various guests and friends of the show have been up to. We put, you know, what we're watching and viewing and thinking about today we compiled them in a newsletter and we haven't figured out a frequency yet so far i think i've been sending it about once a week um but we because i've been working on 
the newsletter for a while, we actually have a big backlog of topics and links. So in the beginning, we might be doing it even more frequently than, than once a week, you know, to get to get through all these uh, topics that we've been putting together and planning to use in the newsletter for a while. It's been like months and months of topics, videos, little articles that we've wanted to put into the newsletter for a while. And that now we have a chance to. We finally got the newsletter up and running. So in review... Uh, the Discord server, voice and chat server, what's cool about that is you get to talk to other fans of the show who are patrons, but you also get an advanced notice of guests that we have coming. If you listen to the show for free regularly, you just get whatever the episode is when it drops and you find out who the guest is going to be at that time. But if you become a show patron and go to the Discord server, the voice and chat server, we actually announce our guests beforehand in there and we give our listeners a chance to offer any questions they want us to ask the guests. So you actually have a chance to find out who's going to be on the show and to pose your questions and have your questions asked and answered. So there's that perk. And there's also, of course, getting two new, getting eight new episodes a month rather than four episodes a month. And you get access to all the back bonus episodes as well. So you unlock hours of listening. So I mean, it's all pretty good stuff. And, oh, you also get the show notes to the show. Like, uh, whenever we make show notes to the show, you know, giving links and descriptions of elaborations of things that the guests talk about or ways to follow up on what we talked about, um, that's a patron-only perk as well. Now, what we do is we keep adding perks, but we keep it $5 a month. So that's the plan for now is to just um, keep giving you guys more perks, but... Uh, keep the price the same so it just becomes a better deal over time but anyway what's been going on with us uh, one thing that happened with us is in addition to getting kind of uh, stressed out and taken aback by this coronavirus and having everything kind of upended and being in this highly anxious state which is not really conducive to podcasting on top of that a lot of our guests uh, up and canceled and we kind of understand why a lot of people you know, appearing on a podcast is not really their top priority during this time. So it kind of left us in a lurch because we didn't really have topics to replace it with. You know, all that was on our mind really was just things happening in the news, which is all like stressful stuff and everything. So we're still doing our best to do our eight for the month, uh, regardless. You know, uh, I mean, right now, since everybody's quarantined, with the exception of uh, Mario. I think Mario still has to go to work. I mean, we have the time. So we've been doing that. We've been doing YouTube videos. Go to YouTube, search Champagne Sharks, and you'll find our channel. And when you find it, like and subscribe to the videos. Uh, subscribe to the channel because that's where we do live streams. We chop it up with you guys. And we also discuss topics that kind of often have like a visual um element that don't really work as well on a podcast like for example we were talking about various trailers and videos on youtube and commenting on them and playing clips of joe biden and other people and that kind of stuff that has a visual component to it works a lot better on live streams so that's another way we've been keeping busy and another way to follow the show so definitely follow that we're trying to get to uh a thousand subscribers we're at six something now when we get to a thousand we're going to start having regular scheduled live streaming times so definitely do that it's been a crazy month because on top of on top of all the guests kind of dropping out all at once i said okay we have to buckle down and do some shows and mario and kenny stepped up they did a show i did a solo show it was two hours long and it was i thought a masterpiece i thought it was really good it was a follow-up to uh the solo episode i did that called uh bullet bags and something where I was talking about how the internet is kind of a poison re redistribution system. I forget the full name of the episode. It was, let me search it now. Oh yeah. Irony poisoning and bullet bags episode 234. And I did a two hour follow-up one to that and got even deeper into the stuff that I was talking about in that one. I thought it was pretty good. Lo and behold, it got lost. So top of everything else, it's just been a bad, bad month. It's, it's been us. Uh, having all our guests canceled, scrambling to come up with uh, replacement topics, you know, and then one of the replacement topics, like I did it off the dome, I did it off the head, and I just had a bulletproof, I had a bullet point list of uh, elements I wanted to touch on, 
And it wasn't really scripted. It just had like a very coarse outline. So, and it turned out pretty good. And I want to return to it, but it's kind of heartbreaking to lose something like that. And I just felt like, okay, I don't want to do that topic again either. It was too close to the last time I tried it and lost it. And I'm going to be trying to mentally recreate what I did last time. And it's not going to work. It's not going to be natural. Uh, So I'm like, okay, let me put that topic on the table. Let me not do the follow-up to the irony poisoning and bullet bags episode. And if you want to listen to that one, uh, which I thought was was a pretty good one, it's episode 234. It's um, for patrons only. Uh, It's for subscribers, but it's a pretty good one. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe to it and uh, check it out. So what I decided to talk about instead was uh, today is March 24th. We had a record day on the stock market. It was like the fifth highest. It was the fifth highest shooting up of the Dow history. So it kind of had me thinking about uh, why we talk about about bullshit versus lying and how bullshit is just, uh, it's not really quite a lie. It's just a very high disregard or reckless disregard for the truth. You just say whatever pops in your mind without any real concern about whether it's actually um, true, true the first time. I mean, true at all, right? The Dow went up 11.37% today. And it's the fifth biggest percentage gain in its entirety, entire history. And a reason why it went up, right, and in the middle of this coronavirus, in the middle of this oil war, like there's a big oil war going on. OPEC was starting a price war with America. OPEC is the cartel, the oil cartel that is basically centered around Saudi Arabia, but it has a lot of other countries in the Middle East and Africa and other places. And they were in the, they started a big price war with um, America. A lot of people say it kind of backfired for them because they thought they would just uh, cause a lot of American businesses to go go bankrupt. Then they can uh, spike the prices back up, but they want to maintain the market dominance, right? And they want to kneecap the U.S. oil industry, but the U.S. oil industry ended up being a lot more resilient than was expected. So America weathered it a lot better than they thought. And a lot of the poorer countries in OPEC started getting really mad because they're like, we're losing all this money in this price war and you, Saudi Arabia, you've got like a crap ton of money. You can weather this. We can't, right? But in general, it started getting to be too heavy. Saudi Arabia started kind of easing off the gas or, you know, kind of blinking, but their partner in this was Russia. And Russia was like, screw you guys. You guys are not taking this seriously. We're tired of you steering the ship here. You guys don't have the stomach for this. And basically... Russia was in this with OPEC. Russia and OPEC together were kind of working together to flood the market, depress prices, hurt the market in order to uh, hurt America and stuff. Russia was like, we're going to do this uh, without you. So now basically it's become like a three-way war. It's like Russia has just uh, gone rogue uh, under Putin. Uh, OPEC kind of between a rock and a hard place and America is just trying to survive. So now there's a three-way oil war which makes it even crazier because now it's not just two sides. It's a uh, it's like the the good, the, the bad, the ugly. You know, with Eli Wallach, Lee Van Cleef, and Clint Eastwood having that three way uh, shootout or game of chicken. You know, um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty heinous. That's something that drives down the markets too, because a lot of businesses, a lot of things depend on oil and that being a healthy industry. So it's like when oil goes down, the Dow Jones goes down. So it's kind of tough. Like with all this stuff going down and all these forces, uh, there's going to be people estimating like 30% unemployment when this is all said and done. Medical professionals are saying that this can last months. Like don't expect the coronavirus scare to just be a couple of weeks thing and then everything's going back to normal. But Trump and uh, the federal government and the investing class are trying very hard to make this about get the Dow back up, get business going going again. Trump tweeted today about we have to get people back to work as soon as possible. People are tweeting insane stuff about um, we can't let the economy go. Like instead of making this about people, they're making this about saving the market. Like uh, and by saving the market, they don't even mean really saving the market. Like as far as like saving. Let's let's rephrase that. There's a difference between saving the economy and saving the market. They're not actually trying to save the economy, as in a lot of real jobs out there that are actual jobs that are not just gig jobs and precarious jobs, fake fake work, bullshit jobs. 
where people have to have no insurance or be underinsured, not have benefits, not have any protections, not have a union, not living paycheck to paycheck, like uh, like fixing the economy, like a real economy where people can be able to feel secure and not precarious and not feel like any wrong move can derail them, uh, know how to how they're going to survive into old age, into retirement, know that they can raise a family. That's like worrying about the economy. That's not even what these right-wingers are doing. What they're doing is worry about saving the market. And a lot of people, a big problem people have is they use the word market and economy interchangeably. And the market is just selling and buying stocks. That's all. Or the selling and buying securities. I don't say stocks. It's selling and buying securities. That's what the market is. A healthy market is not always a healthy economy. Sometimes and oftentimes they will correlate, but they don't necessarily have to correlate. I mean, we've had a supposedly great economy for a while, like going nowhere but up. If you look at the Dow Jones Index and the Standard & Poor's, but they're, those are just arbitrary, for the most part, um, numbers that basically respond to what people think is going on. If people think they should be buying, then they're going to buy whether the market fundamentals, whatever, warranted, and those numbers will go up. Those numbers will go up, and that doesn't necessarily mean everything is healthy. That's why such a thing as bubbles exist. People will just, you know, when that first dot com bubble came up, there were there were a whole bunch of businesses with voodoo economics that made no sense, that had no fundamentals behind the company, basic uh, business company fundamentals, no cash flow, no profits, no product, nothing. But they just had like eyeballs and a flashy product and a flashy promise and. All those companies shot through the roof. Now, did they mean that that was a healthy industry? That the um, that was, that's what internet companies, that was first dot com 1.0 companies were great businesses? No, that was just a strong market. That wasn't strong economics. Same with uh, the real estate bubble. It was all just a house of cars based on like uh, these crazy default swaps and mortgage-backed securities and crazy derivatives like these... Uh, nutty financial instruments that that these banks created that had no real basis in the reality of the health of the government i mean of the of the economy you know um there was um something called cdos that were a leading cause of the great Re- uh recession there was called there were, cdo stands for collater collateralized debt obligations again the mortgage-backed securities and the 2007 bankruptcy bill that made it harder for insolvent homeowners to um have recourse when they um needed to pay their mortgages like something they call shadow banking community and the uh shadow banking community facilitated the creation of credit across the whole global financial systems but the members are not subject to regulatory over oversight uh, credit default swaps, uh, crazy hedge funds, subprime mortgages, which we mentioned already. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Those things were all selling. Those things were making a lot of people out of money. That was a strong market, but it was a shitty economy at the end of the day. When that thing crashed, they bailed out the markets. Obama bailed out the markets. Bush bailed out the markets. They didn't bail out the people. They didn't actually fix the economy. And that's kind of what always happens. People think the economy, the markets are the same thing. And the Dow Jones an indicator of how the markets are doing. It's not always an indicator of how the economy is doing. Sometimes they correlate, but correlation is not always causation. That's what people think. People think when the economy is doing good and the markets are doing good, the economy is doing good because the markets are doing good. You know, um, and it doesn't work that way. Or they think the causation is the other way around. Like the economy is bad. That's why the markets are bad. And that's not always the case too. People can be doing very well, but you know, for whatever reason, the market's going down. Like it's not obligated to always grow. Everything is uh, fair. Like we kind of feel like we're obligated to constant growth. We operate under this national religion, this national philosophy of growthism. Everything is supposed to be... uh, growing, but not just growing, but accelerating. Everything is not supposed to just grow, but it's supposed to keep growing at a faster rate. Like um, there are a lot of companies and stuff where the company will grow when it do the quarterly reports and it'll even grow at the same rate it grew last quarter, 
the stock price will still tank and it'll be considered to miss earnings and the shareholders will panic and the board will call for heads to be chopped off because they expected it to accelerate, not just grow. Uh, the projections were that you grew 20% last quarter, but you're going to grow 25% this quarter. And you only grew, you only matched the last quarter's growth, which is 20%. Or you only, um, or you grew by less, you grew by 18 instead of 20%. So, you know, you failed. Like that's the warped thinking of growthism, more than growthism, uh, accelerationism, where it's like even the growth is supposed to grow. What happens with all that stuff is we don't really have any real idea of how anything works anymore. Everything is just like a bullshit economy. We don't judge things by how our lives are, like, or what the situation on the ground is. We just keep looking at charts. We look at arbitrary numbers that have no bearing on our lives, like, like the Dow Jones and the Standard Poor. We have like a whole middle class and blue collar class that doesn't own any stocks but anxiously is watching with bated breath what the daily fluctuations of the Dow Jones are. They're not even waiting to jump into the market and buy. They just think this number runs their lives. But at their workplace, they don't have a union. The benefits are being cut. Like even the Dow Jones does go up. If you look at your situation in the ground, uh, you're not getting raises or you're getting pay cuts. Your benefits are getting altered or getting more expensive. Your pension has been lost or you don't have a pension and whatever. Regardless of how the market is doing, your economy sucks. And and the market is an irrational thing. Like Trump gives the speech and he says everything's going to be great. And depending on how well he says it, the market will shoot up. People are that moronic. The, the market will just shoot up. Just like, like what is he going to say? Like, you know, hey we're, hey, we're screwed, you know. But uh, if something else happens where, like, the bill that they thought was going to go through, like a stimulus bill, like, takes a day later, everything will panic and tank. Like, real economies don't just switch on a dime like that. Like, like the situation in the ground doesn't magically become 20% better or 20% worse based on a speech. This is just group panic. It's mass psychosis. That's all the Dow is. But we kind of ascribe we kind of uh, imagine we give to the investor class this kind of objective rational wisdom that they have not uh earned if they were that wise they would not need bailing out all the time they wouldn't be making all the dumb moves that they make a lot they make a lot of dumb moves they're not really as smart as people think they are like people have this kind of cult of uh, the CEO, the myth of the great man, the legend of the uh, great man. That's what makes history. That's what makes modern legends. And that's not really how it works. These people screw things up all the time, create bubbles and buy into them and sell them and repeat mistakes. We've had several bubbles. We've had inmates running the asylum a lot. We've had the junk bond days, the AOL Time Warner deal, which was another uh, victory of spectacle. Like, Time Warner just uh, chased like the magic of the internet and thought AOL was uh, this kind of magic technology company. And it really just wasn't. It was just a chat room scheme that was already outdated by the time they bought it. But I, I, I wish people would care about real things. Like they would care about what's going on in their lives. Like, okay, the market is going up. How is your bank account? Are you, are you still living check to check or not? Are employers knocking down your door? Can you buy a house? Are you any closer to it? We live in this world now where the middle is getting hollowed out. It's getting gutted. And the gap between the income gap, the wealth gap is bigger than ever. Uh, the rich are getting richer. The 1% is getting richer. And the poor are getting poorer. And the middle is getting gutted out. Uh, this is basically a feudal lord class and a serf class. A bunch of people, all they can think about is, but what about the market? What up with the Dow Jones? Like, this is what makes them panic. Not, um, And that kind of causes a lot of the crazy thinking where a lot of people who would benefit the most from redistribution, from government help, from government programs, from socialism, are the ones who are scared about it the most. They are the most uh, scared because they don't think about how that's going to help real economy, like the economy of the ground, the economy of the situation on the ground, of food in my mouth, money in my pocket, ability to survive downturns and hard times and emergencies, health benefits like, you know, uh, insurance, healthcare, none of that. They're worried that the market is going to going to get hurt by socialism. Like they're against socialism because they because 
they're so into protecting the market that they have basically no real stake in that they value what's happening in the market more than what's happening their daily lives because somehow they think the downturn of the market is a bigger deal to them than the persistent and continuing decades-long degradation of the situation on the ground. So it's kind of funny today to see uh, what Trump's doing because uh, I think Trump kind of realizes this mass psychosis that everyone has, this fat cat Stockholm syndrome that everyone has, and he realizes, I need to get that Dow Jones number up in this election year. As long as that number is up... You know, people could be dying, there could be a lot of casualties, but they are just the human sacrifices that we need, human sacrifices that, that we need to um, to get that market going. You know, it's all about that market. And um, this, is, this is the human cost. This is the human cost to, that we need to get this done. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's crazy. This is what Trump tweeted. He's just doing big press conferences every day and talking big, and the market just keeps responding to it. Even though uh, there's no market fundamentals, there's n- there's no actual economic fundamentals that uh, warrant this. You know, a trillion dollars, a couple of trillion is not going to wipe out this mess that we're headed for. You know what I mean? Um, but this is this is what Trump tweeted today. He tweeted, this is not about the ridiculous Green New Deal. It's about putting our great workers and companies back to work. And I'm thinking, no, it's about saving lives. Like, people should be alive. Why is it about putting our great company, our great workers and companies back to work, right? And then uh, he added, Congress must approve the deal without all of the nonsense today. The longer it takes, the harder it will be to start up our economy. Our workers will be hurt. And it's like, no, it's not about starting up the economy. It's about rubbing up the market, getting the market back up, because our economy is screwed regardless once we can't hide it anymore the market's going to come down anyway but you know as long as we can get as many short-term pump-ups and bursts of the market rising people will stay distracted from that you know what i mean and um the workers don't have to be hurt if you just take the money that you'd be using to bail out these big corporations and just give the money to them like you know the hurt will be a lot less because let's be honest the workers are going to be hurt anyway when this stuff is unsustainable and places go out of business and they start cutting the workforces which they're going to do uh these people will always pass the pain along down the down the chain to the lower person that's what's always going to happen he also added our people want to return to work they will practice social distancing and all and all else, and seniors will be watched over protectively and lovingly. We can do two things together. The cure cannot be worse than the problem. Congress must act now. We will come back strong. And he's doing this, prop up the investor class, make the investor class feel comfortable. He met with a bunch of investors today to talk about this. And plus, he also knows a lot of people on the ground are that moronic, that they um, think that the market being elevated above lives and people and all that stuff is good for them as well you know they they believe it as well like they have stockholm syndrome they they also believe that this is good for them you know what i mean and they also would rather be told that they're gonna be able to go back to work rather than um collect a check you know that dreaded socialism like you know collect a check for supposedly nothing which is you know not true it's taxpayer money that you have worked for and deserve and and it's not free money. It's um, it's paid for with taxes. It's but I mean, it's kind of, it's it's kind of hard because it works because he's done these two hour press conferences every day. He talks all this stuff, and his approval ratings have gone up. His approval ratings have uh, gone up for it. So you know, it it works. Like um, people believe in it. It works. Like um, a new poll from Gallup said 49% approve of the job Trump is doing as president, tying for the highest of his presidency, and 60% approve of his coronavirus response. You know, so, I mean, I don't know how reliable it is, but it sounds believable to me. I mean, this is the world that we live in. People do like the spectacle, but I mean, he's just been giving these speeches every day. People, People are loving it. People are loving it. It's working. He met with um, the investors today. And what do you think those investors, those big investors that he met with today, are going to be talking to him about? About the health of the whole country? About you know the workers? Or about how can we make sure that the big investors, especially the institutional investors, uh, will be able to keep making money throughout all this? That 
stocks will, you know, continue to move a predictable way that, that the Dow will stay um, high. And I'm pretty sure that was what the main talk, the main talk was, you know, and he's been spreading like a ton of misinformation about this, but the misinformation puts people at ease and the Dow Jones um, goes up. So, you know, it does, it does work. And meanwhile, um, meanwhile, Joe Biden is finally appearing after being in hibernation for like a week and he's talking craziness you know he's showing that he doesn't know what's going on with the coronavirus he's uh saying crazy things he said this today that why doesn't he just act like a president that's a stupid way to say you it, know I donald guess, trump I was really asked he... sorry go ahead no no i probably best i don't I just, I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching... It feels that way. I want to ask... I want to... <laughs> it's okay. I want to I wanna ask you... Yeah, that was him in an interview today, and he was... Um... He's like the awkward pauses and how he just had a train of thought and he just would lose it, and he... Um seems like forget where he was he, he recently uh, had to be walked off a stage by his wife because in the middle of his speech he just stopped talking and he, he kind of just wrapped up and she had to come out on stage and kind of hug him and then try to pull him off the stage and then when she walked away he, he stood he stayed behind and then she had to call him from off the stage to leave and he's like oh, oh yeah 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 so i mean between trump just saying whatever he has to say to get people back to work and to get the markets back up between the stupid people in the investor class who each time he makes a speech and promises um, some ridiculousness uh, about how, don't worry, people can get back to work, you know, no matter how unsafe it is, we're going to throw them out there and, and don't worry, we're going to throw this magic solution to fix everything and then saying, oh, great, and then buying stocks again, shooting the Dow up, you know, and then between the other people who are just so clueless that, you know, they're not in the investor class, they're in the middle class, the blue collar group, but they're looking at what the market does with wonderment and thinking, uh, hey, look, Trump is saying these optimistic things. And look, the market is going up. The market's going up. It's a magic. It's a. Ma it's, like, it's like the Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. Like, you know, it doesn't lie. If the market's going up, it must be doing good. His speech must be great, you know. And if the market's going up, then that, that must mean our lives are getting better too, you know. So between those three factors, I don't think this bump and the Dow means anything. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be already dated because the next day will have happened and I wouldn't be surprised if the next day it uh, plummets all over again, what somebody pointed out today. And I thought it was very uh, important. Like One of the things we have to realize is the Dow hit one of the lowest points that it hit in a long time. Like, it had, like one of its worst days in 80 years. So basically, when you get that low, just about any improvement is going to be huge because you're improving from a very low number, you know, and you've already pretty much hit the bottom. You have no place to go but up. Like, let's give an extreme example, right? If you're at the level of five and you go up to six, that's, you've only gone up one, but that's a 20% increase going from five to six. If you're at four and you go up to five, you've only gone up one. But now, because you started from a lower number, that's a 25% increase. If you're at three and you jump up to four, again, you've only gone up one, but that's a 33% increase. If you're at two and you go up to three, you've only gone up one, that's a 50% increase. If you're at one and you go up to two, you've only gone up one again, but that's a 100% increase. If you're at zero and you go to one, that's an infinity increase. As in zero goes into one, an infinite amount of times like this is a lot of like the bullshit and the that people say that it's not technically lies if someone says like hey this is the biggest percentage jump we've had in a while that's technically not a lie but it's bullshit because it's something said to be misleading that's deliberately robbed of context it's not really true it's not really false like it's just decontextualized technically true information that is misleading that is meant to be misleading a lot of the times or is misleading because it's just reckless it's just somebody wants you to believe that things are going good so they just spread whatever is technically true or plausible that will get that cross so what i'm trying to say is when the market hits regular um record lows because it's starting with such a low space low place that's when the corrections seem the most dramatic so yeah of course it's gonna go up 
20% because, you know, similar to how going from one to two is a much higher percentage than going from four to five, it's the same logic. I use that really extreme example so you can kind of see the math easier, but um, it's pretty predictable. Like basically you could watch for yourself whenever you see record lows hit in the market and they tell you some kind of ridiculous record lows. When you check in a couple of days, there's always going to be another headline that says, oh my God, there was a record percentage jump that we haven't seen in forever. And it's just, that's just like a, a bounce. That's just like, you know, a bounce from bottom. Like it hit bottom, had no place to go but up. And when it did go up, the percentage was overblown because it was uh, already at like uh, such a low, a low state. It was already at the bottom. Any rise from such a low rate is going to be more dramatic just because it's a low rate. Like um, not because amount that it increased in an objective sense is that remarkable, right? So, um, and to give an example, this is what uh, somebody posted today. His name is uh, Kevin Cruz. He's a historian. What he said was uh, totally correct. What, what he said was the good news. And it's a perfect example of somebody who's taking something that is technically true and turning it from bullshit to giving it context. But this is what makes bullshit harder than lies. Like, if something is just a lie, right? Like, say someone said the Dow went up 20%. That's just a lie. And lies are easy because all you have to do is just tell the truth. So, so someone could say, no, it actually went up 11.37% today. You know, boom. That's how you counteract the lie with the truth. Bullshit is trickier because you have to kind of unravel the, the convoluted tangle of uh, misinformation, half-truths, technical truths, but lack of context. You know, you have to add context, add color and everything. So uh, to give an example, here's what Kevin Cruz says. Kevin Cruz says, the good news, the Dow went up 11.37% today, which is the fifth biggest percentage gain in its entire history. You know, that's the talking point that you're going to hear. You know, that's the so-called good news. The bad news, the top four gains, so these are the four gains that were higher than today's gains came during the Dow plunge of 1929 to 1932 that carried us into the depression, while the next two came during the 2008 meltdown. So what he's basically saying that, yeah, this was the fifth biggest jump in the Dow, but those top five jumps, including today's jumps, all came uh, during times of record lows. None of them signified the end you know, they were just basic optimistic panics, you know, just um, mass delusion, group panics, you know, in response to delusional optimism, you know, in response to basically apocalyptic collapse of the markets. Like, like none of those rises signified any real substantive change to the conditions on the ground. You know, none of those top four gains pulled us out of the depression or were what pulled us out of the 2008 meltdown. It took years and years of of things happening, you know, and because most of our metrics for how things are doing are decontextualized numbers, like, you know, hey, the Dow Jones is going up, you know, but why is it going up? It's going up because there's record profits from uh, slashing workforces and automating everything, you know, so there's actual less people who are securely employed, you know, but hey, no, no, we pulled out of this, this recession, you know, because the, the Dow says so. Uh, and how do you know that the situation on the ground is better? Because, hey, look, there's like 6% unemployment. It's like a record low. But if you add the context, most of those jobs are like temp jobs, contract jobs, gig, gig economy jobs, Uber jobs, things with no things with no um, benefits, things with no retirement plans, with no matching 401ks, with no safety net, uh, precarious work, uh, dead-end jobs, bullshit work, and things, and things like that from, you know, in economies that are doomed because they're being shunted offshore, which is better for the company because they'll get better profits from it, which will help the company's stock keep rising. So the market price will stay high, but the condition of the worker is going to uh, continue to stagnate or decline. Like part of the reason why our economy is so shaky to begin with is because even our good times are bullshit good times. They're fake good times. They're based on the market doing well, while the situation on the ground is that everyone's life is quality of life, except for the 1%, is declining. And it's based on unemployment numbers, some random number on a report being low, even though 5% like like 95% like employed during the great glory days of the boomers, you know, and the 
post-World War II era is a way different 95% employment rate than today's 95% employment rate of a bunch of people who precarious, uh, short-term freelancing, gig work and temp work, and also who might have just been unemployed so long that they fell off the unemployment rolls or, you know, whatever it is. This decontextualized numbers mean nothing. So, so yeah, that's basically it. This is... Uh, Today is one of the top five jumps in the, in the Dow, percentage-wise, you know, not in terms of raw um, points, not in terms of raw points, but in percentages. And all five jumps were actually just bounce backs from record lows, which is why, as percentages, they were so high. And if anything, they were always indicators of, you know, a last desperate gasp uh, in, a down, in a down economy, like, you know... A last delusional, optimistic uh, mirage, you know, just just voodoo economics. But that tweet, which is sobering, which is not flashy, which is not optimistic, which a little more nuanced and complex, like about 1,500 retweets last time I checked about that, right? Uh, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA, the people who discovered and gave us that wonderful um, black leader, Candace Owens, he tweeted, breaking, the Dow just closed 2100 points up on the day and it closed because um nancy it closed that high because nancy pelosi just basically said hey guys hey guys the stimulus is moving along swimmingly you know everyone just 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 nutting their pants right but like uh going up 2100 points in an up market like that's pretty impressive you know what i mean because you're pretty you're pretty high but when you're in a market that was down thousands of points overnight already you know that's just kind of barely coming back to where you were it's not you know anything to sing about and the fact that it's not actually based on anything like the fact that it's just happened just overnight like that and it just based on a 15 minute speech it's it's nothing to be excited about but this is what he tweeted the dow just closed 2100 points up on the day this is the single largest day gain the market has seen since 1933 president trump has rebuilt this economy once he's going to do it again I wonder if the media will cover this historic rally. Retweet so they can't ignore. Now, that one got like 5,000 retweets. It got more than three times the other guy's thing. So which one's going to become more the reality? Uh, which one's going to become more the talking point? That other tweet is reaching three times the amount of people on the ground. I know a lot of people aren't on Twitter, but a lot of these people will go to their Facebooks and point, post something similar on Facebook, or they'll go to their family dinner and talk to their family or put on their Facebook wall that. And the misinformation and the bullshit, it's catchier. It's easier to understand. It's less nuanced. It uh, doesn't break your brain. doesn't require you to like study history or whatever. You just throw a number out there. And the trickery he did with this number is very clever, right? Because, right, the Dow Jones, like, this is what makes this thing... Um, kind of tricky. I'm going to pull up some numbers. I just thought of this, so that's why I didn't have this handy. So bear with me. The Dow Jones, it's like inflation and stuff, right? Like, for example, there's a reason why people always say when they compare historical, historical, when people compare historical rises in things, you know, money-wise, they always like to say adjusted to in for inflation because without adjusting for inflation, you can't really get the context or anything. So for example, someone might say, hey, this movie, something about Mary, made more money than, uh, say, this other movie, right? Uh, which is like Gone, Gone with the Wind. And I'm just putting up arbitrary things. This, this might not be true, you know? And they give you raw, raw numbers. Well, let me use a different example. Like, say something like, say something like Get Out. You know, they say, hey, um, let, me use, let, me use a, let me use a good example. Something like Dark Knight, right? Dark Knight, I think at the time, broke the record for, um, you know, box office. So if you took the raw numbers... You could say it made more than uh, Star Wars or, you know, something like that or Gone with the Wind. But at the time the Dark Knight came out, the average ticket price in America was probably, at least in New York, like $10, $12 a ticket. At the time of Star Wars, you know, people were probably paying like way less, like 3 maybe it was like $3. Gone with the Wind and probably even, uh, who knows what movies cost, probably like a dollar or something. So it's like you can't compare them directly in terms of um, numbers because it's um, totally, totally different inflation levels. It's, it's, it's a totally different average, right? And I'm just trying to pull up some information to give uh, an example, right? But okay, so Dow Jones, 100-year historical chart, right? This is what people don't realize. The average closing price of the Dow Jones in 2020 is 26,000 
960. 2011, the average closing price was 11,957. So it's two totally different markets, right? So it's like, it's like inflation. This is what this guy, Charlie Kirk, did, and it's very uh, clever. He goes, the Dow Jones just closed 2,100 points up on the day. This is the single largest day gain the market has seen since 1933. But what he doesn't tell you is that in 1933, in 1933, the Dow was total $1,998. So, so 1,998. So let's say rounded up evenly, 2,000. For the Dow Jones to go up 2,100 points in 1933, that would have been it doubling which does not happen in a in a single day like so 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 it's like you know it's like taking a movie that came out in 1920 and using that day's box office and comparing it to the box office you know back when like movie tickets were like 25 cents a piece and then comparing it to um the one day total a movie that in today's economic market in 2020 where there's 15 dollar tickets and higher with um especially with 3d tickets and all this stuff like Using that raw number means nothing for comparing historically because you can't even use it for 10 years ago. It, the average closing price is 26960 in 2020. Average closing price in 2011, nine years ago, is 11957 So it's like 2,100 points in that big, in that big uh, a number of average closing points. That's like comparing a dollar today to a dollar from 1933 or something it's it's the dollar is totally totally different it's not an apples to apples um comparison percentages are much better which is what kevin cruz used but when you look at the percentages you have to look at the bigger context so uh, if you look at it by percentages then it's the fifth biggest percentage gain rather you know it's the highest point gain but it's the fifth biggest percentage gain the other problem is that those percentage gains actually came off of record lows. That's why the percentages were so high. Uh, that's why the movement was so dramatic. And it actually is historically an indicator of worse times uh, to come. So this would work better if there was some kind of visual charts, maybe, and it'd be easier to show. I hope people can follow what I was trying to say. I hope I was clear in talking about like all this bullshit. But I mean, basically, I'm just saying things are going to probably get worse. It's... um. And I'm kind of worried because I just feel like we are such an uneducated populace as far as um, being, not educated as far as going to school, but being able to see through trickery because even educated people fall for this. I shouldn't use educated as informally educated, but um, we have a lot of people who are very made to be susceptible to bullshit. And I think if anything, sometimes our educational system primes people to be even more um, razzle-dazzled by number number trickery you know what i mean and yeah so it's, it's kind of disturbing to see all this decontextualized information out there like people saying hey it's the fourth biggest percentage jump in history without contextualizing it properly or even more insidiously because charlie parker charlie um kirk's crowd is even dumber like tp usa people are really dumb like anybody who uh listens to an airhead like candace owen if she has anything worth saying uh even if she agrees with you you can find smarter people who agree with you than her like she is a real um vapid airhead uh you know these people will swallow anything so charlie kirk's thing was even more disingenuous to just use uh the raw numbers that like, like like that's comparing profits and money made and salaries across the decades without adjusting for inflation that's what it's like using the raw points from 2020 and comparing it to the raw points of uh, the past 90 years. Today's jump in points was larger than the entire Dow Jones points in total in um, 1933, to show you how, how ridiculous um, a number it is, right? So, but the fact that his thing got three times or more the amount of tweets and was being celebrated by so many more people than Kevin Cruz's smarter, more sobering uh take just makes me realize you know we're screwed and the media is complicit like the media even to bash trump they keep you know covering his every word and you know spreading it and they keep trying to cover up for biden who's just doddering around like it's just elder abuse to keep propping him up in interviews and bernie sanders is saying the most sobering realistic 
stuff and they all have it in for him and they refuse to cover him and if anything are trying to and i say this in scare quotes uh fact check him disingenuously to kind of um discredit him and you know they're doing a burn a weekend at bernie's with biden right now like remember weekend at bernie's this old movie where this guy was a corpse these two guys kept walking around with him and propping up his body and because uh you know he was they were using him to get into places and do things. They just brought this corpse everywhere with them and they dressed it up and they uh, held it up. They found ways to make it dance. Like right now, the media, the liberal influencers and everything, they're doing that with Biden right now. They're basically just trying to prop him up and pretend, hey, look, you know, he's fine. He's he doesn't have a problem, you know, and he's perfectly suitable to um, fight Trump and hoping like, you know, no one's going to notice. And this will all be interesting to see. We'll see what happens. And yeah, that's basically it. Go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. We're doing a lot of catch up. So we'll be releasing a lot of episodes in this last week. And we would have released more if I didn't lose those two episodes. So sorry about that. But thanks for everyone who's sticking with us. Stay patient. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to shortchange you on episodes, even if we're not getting them out as timely as, as you might like. We're still doing our eight a month. We appreciate all of you. Love you all. Be good to each other. Cough into your elbows. You know the routine. Peace.